This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to this week's No Name Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith and with me this week are Ian, James, Adam and hopefully Kevin if he gets his internet to work properly. Um, one week to go before the season starts, of course, Saturday at Leeds. And the last pre-season friendly was on Saturday against Bradford City at Turf Mortino win in what was also Michael Duff's testimonial debut for former Chesterfield right-back Tendai Deriqua. I hope I've said that name almost right. He did very well, actually. He was extremely, extremely good. Um, Ian, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while since we've had you on. How do you think the summer's gone, generally? It sounds a little bit like the same old story. I mean, I think there's been some, definitely some upsides. I think Loughton coming in um, was was very pleasing. But, you know, as ever, we're saying the same old story. Why, yeah, why aren't we buying a centre midfielder? Why aren't we buying another centre-half? Um, so it's it's mixed again. Um, it, as I said, it started out promisingly, but it seems to just be drifting away a little bit. Results have been a bit up and down, but I suppose you, you can't get too worried about what happens in in pre-season, it was good to get that win on Saturday, James. I don't know if you've seen much of the, the pre-season action, but we're a lot more fluent. And there are signs that it's starting to knit together a little bit better. Yeah, I think you, you see it almost every pre-season, don't you? The side seems to begin a little bit slow and it comes together. And I think mean, it's funny, sometimes it seems like the, the worst pre-seasons actually turn into being some of the best seasons. And some of the best pre-seasons obviously start with disappointment when you come to the competitive games. It was interesting that we signed Derrickler, actually, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, because having brought Lawton in, as, as Ian mentioned it, it seemed like we wouldn't need another right-back to replace Trippier, but he did play on the wing a bit at Chesterfield under Paul Cook, actually, and immediately endeared himself, I think, to, to Burnley supporters, Ian, when he turned down Preston to come to us, which is always a good start. Oh, yeah, I, ideal move, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we, we're always going to give him a chance. And, and by the sounds of things, he's quick and runs around a lot, which is also a, a major endearing factor for Burnley fans, typically. Um, so that's, that's good news all around. Um, I haven't seen him in action yet. I wasn't able really to see any of the highlights of the game. Um, but uh, from all the positive responses that I've seen on, on Twitter and on the various forums, I think it uh, sounds like it can only be good news. 
He's very quick. That was certainly noticeable. And he seems to have a couple of tricks in him. So, whereas um, I was quite baffled by a lot of people saying that Trippy should play further forward. I think it is a real option for for Dirkwood to play on the wing as well. Certainly, if he was on the bench, he'd be an option to come on as a wide player instead of as a fullback. Trippy, um, Trippy had on. played further forward. So he had. He played a little bit for Barnsley, hadn't he? Almost entirely for Barnsley on the right side of midfield, but never for us. Yeah, never for us now, but. He did, didn't it? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. The main thing I wanted to do on this week's podcast with the big kickoff looming out the weekend is to find out why everyone thinks our strongest team is. We put this question out on Twitter earlier in the day. Adam's going to run through some of the responses in a bit. But we'll start with you, James. Assuming that Freddie Overstad's not going to make it after he was injured on Saturday and Matt Wilson hasn't played a lot recently, what would your starting 11 be looking like? Yeah, I thought it was funny you said strongest side. I think we've already got eliminated half of what would really be the strongest side for injuries but you know, I think with what's left uh, you know there's a, there's a decent championship side to put together and um, it's unusual isn't it we, we never had to talk about team selection on last year's podcast just because it, it was pretty obvious who was going to play but this for the first time in a long time I think there's probably four or five places that I've got no idea who's going to play the weekend yeah yeah it's uh it's difficult to know what what's going to happen in, in a few positions. I think defence obviously is one. Um, two key parts of that defence have, have moved, and um, from what's left, you know, people wonder whether Ben Mee's going to move into centre, whether he's going to continue playing at left back. Personally, I'd probably stick with him at left back for now because I don't, you don't want to change too much of from from last season's side. Um, I'd probably play Derek Wah on the on the right. Um, Duff and Keane in the middle and then Ben Mee on the left side of the defence um, I think the midfield obviously is difficult because Barney's uh, missing still and obviously now Overstad's probably missing um, which means you're probably most likely to play our field in the middle again with David Jones then uh, probably I'd probably pick George Boyd and Michael Kiteley I don't think Michael Kiteley will play but that's who I'd pick um, and then Vossen up front with the the last one's really tough because Djokovic is obviously in good form again as it's been pre-season um, and Volks hasn't particularly shown a lot since he came back from injury so I'd probably be tempted to go with Djokovic ahead of Volks. It's definitely one of the, the bigger calls and as you say with, with Djokovic scoring in pre-season he scored again at the weekend. Volks to me, it's, it's difficult to say in pre-season but at times he did look a bit laboured. You wonder if he's, if he's fully fit or even close to it at the moment but... On the flip side, how is he going to get fully fit if he doesn't play a game? So that's certainly going to be a difficult one. Ian, I imagine there's probably half a dozen of James's picks that are set in stone. Are there any of those that, that you would quibble with? To recap, I think James went for hitting goal, Derrickwa, Keane Duff, me, Kitely Boyd, Arfield Jones, Vossen and Jukovic. Yeah, there's probably a couple there that I that I would change. Um, I just don't know enough about Derrickwa, and I don't know whether he's championship standard at, at right back. I mean, I think it's a bit of a gamble throwing him in first game, um, so I might be tempted to switch the defence around a bit. I, I mean, I play Ward week in week out if I had the chance. I think he's a he's a decent player, and I think we talked a lot last season about how. One of our best runs of form coincided with him being in the team. And I'd, I'd actually move Keane over to right back and have Duff and me uh, in the centres. I just think it's uh, perhaps a more established group of people um, and uh, you really don't want people getting to know each other in the first game. Uh, midfield, I think probably, um, I suspect, I mean, uh, 
James said kindly, but didn't think he'd play. I, to some extent, I agree. I think I've penciled Taylor in there. Um, he seems to be getting some time pre-season, and uh, I think he, he might slip on, into the left-hand side of midfield, and as I mentioned, Arfield into the middle. Um, and then uh, Folks or Duke, I mean, it could go either way for me. Um, I'm a huge Folks fan. I, I understand you know, every, what everybody's saying about him not looking match fit yet, but I think we've just got to get him out there and uh, you know, hope that his confidence builds enough that he becomes a player he was a couple of seasons ago. So Vokes and Vossen up front for me. Uh, Derrickler coming on, uh, maybe Duke coming on as, as impact players if we need them. It is such a tricky one because I think if if it was a case that everyone was 100% fit and there was no pre-season form to factor in, I don't think anyone would be picking Jokovic over Vokes. But there is that doubt over his fitness and he contributed so little at the back end of last season albeit he had been out for 12 months, it is hard to, to put him in. And also, I think you've got to make a case for, if Jokovic has been scoring in pre-season, he's scored in most of the games, and then you don't pick him, his confidence obviously took a bit of a knock last season, but that's going to be difficult. If, if he scored all those goals and then doesn't get a goal, yeah. it's, it's, it's harsh. But yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I certainly agree with you on Ward. Everyone who, who listens to the podcast last year will, will know that I'm a big fan of Ward. I don't have the numbers to hand, but he had by far the best points-to-game ratio in the squad, if that means anything. I think that he's a very solid player, especially at championship level. So, yeah, I, I would also be going Keane to the right back. I think one of the problems with that defence, and it's the defence I would go with, Keane, Duffney, Ward at left-back, it means that Mee's playing in a position he's not played in for a while. Keane's playing a position that he, he's played in a bit, but not really for us. Duff's obviously getting on, but we expect he'll be fine. But we'll have to lead a defence. He's not really done that for us. I think he's normally had a more dominant partner. And Stephen Ward's just not played that many games for us. So although it is quite a solid-looking backline, I think there are a couple of doubts over it. Mm. Adam, you were looking at the responses on Twitter. Have you got some numbers over... Yeah, this is uh, getting picked. This is very much uh, back of a, a napkin sort of maths, but I, I took a look at the the numbers that from the fifteen people that responded to us on Twitter. Of those fifteen, twelve picked Dirikwa, um and three picked Loton, even though he's not available. So I don't know if that means that they... we're, we're assuming Loton's not available yeah. because he wasn't in the spot. So I assume those people will choose Dirikwa, but I I, I don't know. Um, 10 people chose Duff, um, 12 people chose uh, Keen, and 12 people chose me. Um, nine people chose Kitely um, in, the, in the midfield, um, six chose Taylor. And in, up front, this was the most interesting one, everyone chose Vossen, um, and eight chose Duke, um, and uh, seven chose Vokes. So no no love for any of the other strikers, not surprisingly. But I found that quite interesting that Duke only just got the edge despite his, his uh, pre-season form. It does tally up quite closely with what we've just said as well, doesn't it? I mean, if we put that into a team, it would look like Heaton in goal, Derrickwa right back, me left back, Duff and Keane, Arthur and Jones, Boyd and Kitely, Voss and Jukovic, which isn't that exactly what James said. I think it is. I think it was, yeah. Well done, James. James. Well done. Man of the Everyone people. Agrees with you. <laughs> what can I say? I'm just clearly wise. One player I do want to talk about is Matt Taylor. Ian mentioned him. I, th- I thought it was quite interesting that Kitely played on Saturday. Obviously, uh, 
you don't know who who just needs the minutes or whether it was a bit of a sign. But the eleven that that started the game looked to me like just about the strongest eleven from who was available. Um, with Arfield getting an odd over over start, Anderick were playing because Lawton was unavailable. Kiteley played instead of Taylor. It's such a frustrating play for me, Kiteley, because he didn't seem to do a right lot, but he still got an assist. Like there were a lot of times where he got the ball and just went backwards or played it inside. Didn't really take his man on, but still managed to produce one of the most incisive pieces of play of the half. I, I just don't know what to make of him. Whereas the case I make for Taylor is you get the set pieces as well, which in the Championship you can get a lot of soft goals from set pieces if you work them properly. So I'd be tempted to go for Taylor just because of his set pieces. Is that a bit of a, a defensive way of thinking, James? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I'd, for me, the thing with Taylor is I, I just don't feel I've seen enough of him you know, in that role for us because obviously he had the unfortunate injury last season. And um, if you look back towards the end of the the last championship campaign, I think Michael Carty was sort of just heating up for us. And um, you know, I don't think he'll ever be quite the the Michael Carty that played at Wolves when they got promoted. But he's he's still you know got a lot to offer. And um, you know, I, I liked what he gave us the last time around in the championship. Though whether it could be a little bit different with without having Arfield on the other wing because I think Daesh has always been quite reluctant to have two very attacking wingers. He likes to have the one that is almost like, I'm not really sure how you'd describe Arfield. He's not really a winger though. At least not. A a wide midfielder almost, isn't he? Yeah. um, Football manager terms anyway, I think would be a wide midfielder. Yeah, so (laughs) I I don't know whether for that reason Taylor might get the nod if, uh, as you'd expect, boys play and even something I didn't allude to actually was there's also the possibility that maybe we only really play one striker and we play Boyd off a striker. Um, I know that is something we've tried in pre-season and Boyd is probably very good at that role, I'd imagine. So, you know, I think there's a couple of options there on what you do um, around those couple of players. I think that's a good point. I'd really like to see Boyd in that position. I think I argued for that at times last season. I think the, the only problem with that would be you'd probably want a target man, wouldn't you? You want him to play off a, a big striker who can knock balls down to him, which means yeah. that you'd, you'd struggle to find players for Vossen who we've just spent two, two and a half million quid on. Uh, I think the other the other disadvantage of that as well is you, you lose a bit more of his tracking back. Obviously what Boyd was you know, known for last season was how much running he does. And I think if you, you're playing him off the strike, you don't want him to be covering back as far as he, he perhaps will on the wing. Because otherwise you're going to leave your, your striker completely isolated, and and especially if you've got an untested right back, you know, be it Keaton or Davika, I think you really need somebody like Boyd sitting in front of them who's just going to provide lots of cover. It was interesting actually on Saturday at the turf. Boyd and Dricker were the right sided pair, and it took them a little while to knit, as you would expect. Dricker had only got into the squad, I think, a couple of days early, so it was very much thrown in. Whereas Boyd's pretty much fixture on that right wing now, I think. But after about half an hour, Drickwood settled really nicely and they were linking up fantastically well. They cut through that wing time and time again. Bradford couldn't cope with it. Drick was going on the overlap. Boyd was finding him. They were playing little one-twos. It was fantastic to watch. It was absolutely brilliant football. Drickwood probably should have had two or three assists, but the strikers were really on the game. And it looked like a partnership that could that we could really build something around. Obviously, this is the pre-season game against League One opposition, but they did look like there were positive signs there. And I think you, you look at partnerships right at the side, don't you? And you try and build where where players complement each other quite well. That's why Jones and Marnie were such a good pairing because they worked so well. 
and it just looked like a Dericola and Boyd looked like it had a bit of something about it and we obviously need to find that combination up front. Um, Ian, we didn't have you on the podcast last week when we talked about the captaincy. There's no signs that a decision has been made yet and I wouldn't expect Dyche to actually make a big deal of it. I suspect someone will just have the armband on Saturday and that'll be the end of it. But who would be your choice? It's interesting because I... I listened to that uh, to last week's podcast. You'll be pleased to hear, um, and you know I think Good. quite a one few, listener at least. <laughs> quite a few people got mentioned in there, which I think was, you know, it was interesting that there isn't a standout candidate. Um, I, you know, I, I think I would be tempted to give it to Heaton. Um, I think you know he's probably you know he's definitely a uh, uh, going to be an ever present this year, injuries permitting. Um, touch wood. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's clearly a great communicator. You can hear him, you know, no matter where you're sat in the ground, you can hear him yelling away. Um, you know, he's got the strong local connections. He seems to be good with the press, and I know there was some debate about Shackle around that area. Um, so, I, you know, why not? Let's um, let's think about Tom Heaton as being the, the next captain. But as you say, I don't think Dash will make a big thing of it. I don't think there'll be anything big announcements or anything. I think it will just be... Yeah, some more will get the armband and, and that'll be it. It's up for grabs, I think, and we'll have to talk about it on next week's podcast when we actually know what's going on. Kevin has joined us. Kevin, we've been talking about our team for Saturday's game. I think um, the 11 we came up with via help from Twitter and the team James picked was Heaton in goal, Derrick were right back, me at left back, Duff with Keane at the back, Arfield and Jones in midfield, Boyd and Kitely wide, Bosson and Jukovic slash Bucks up front. We were a bit undecided on that one. Um, what would your team be looking like for the weekend? I don't think Vox has played as much as he probably would like to in pre-season. Um, obviously, Duke's got a lot more games behind him. Um, uh, and I think Duke probably that little bit fitter. Uh, maybe Vox needs a few few games off the bench, uh, a few reserve games, maybe just to get a bit, a bit of fitness back up, particularly after having only a, a very stop-start season last season after that big injury. It's probably uh, a little bit... Um, safer just to go with Duke I think at this stage um, maybe if we can hypnotise him into thinking it's a friendly um, we'll be we'll be on the money and I think someone said he scores in every friendly game I've, I've, I'm tempted to put a bid uh, a bet on him getting 40 goals this season if we can convince him that every game is a friendly I'm, I'm convinced he will score in every single game um, but yeah I think I'd go with that same team uh, maybe question marks over whether you've, you have Boyd and, and Dewey were two very attack-focused players. Um, but yeah, I think I'd, I'd go the same team as what you've gone. So I've, t- I've managed to turn uh, I agree into a two-minute conversation there, which I think is quite impressive. <laughs> Excellent, <pad enough. laughs> Next up then, the final thing I want to talk about on this week's podcast is the transfer window, which is still a month away from closing, but I'm sure we all want us to get our business done as soon as possible. We talked about Henry Lansbury last week on the podcast. Doesn't seem to have been much movement on that we had Steve a Forest fan on to fill us in about him James with with Ulverstad injured the club has said it's not particularly serious but it, it highlights the the problem we've got in midfield I read something on Twitter today that it's about three years since we bought a central midfielder your favourite player Brian Stock yeah it's been been a while obviously since we've signed someone if only we could sign someone as great as Brian Stock again that would uh, you know really uh, set things off yeah, I, I think we've all known midfield's been a problem for a while and we all thought Overstad might be the, the answer and um, obviously now he's injured. Um, though it could be minor, um, obviously you don't know really with these kind of things, particularly ankles, they're the kind of thing that you can think it's fine and then tweak it again and 
you know, we I think you'd really want us to see us sign another centre midfielder. You know, I wonder if uh, Haven and Waterloo were happy to part with uh, Brian and bring him back. A, a one-month loan deal, maybe, to get us results. Yeah. That's it. In, in, in positive Brian Stock news as well, I'm actually moving to the Haven area in a couple of months, so I might be able to go watch him. I'm sure that's a coincidence. About his dedication. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving just for Brian Stock. <laughs> yeah, I think... Overstad's been getting rare reviews in pre-season. Obviously, caveat again, it's only pre-season. But he has been impressing a lot of people. He did quite well at the end of last season. He looked very good in his, his two-minute cameo on Saturday before he got injured. And ironically, it seemed like it, it, he was making a tackle that he didn't need to when he got hurt. He won the ball and the ref gave a free kick against the other guy. He went into another tackle and hurt himself, I think. So... Yeah, it's uh, typical of our bad luck with injuries in the last couple of years, I think. Um, Ian, our midfield has been a bit of a problem for for a while, hasn't it? Obviously, Jones and Marnie have been the partnership for the last two years, and that's maybe covered up the fact that we are light of cover. We've got a lot of players who can do a job in there. Arfield, Ward, Taylor, they can all fill in, but nobody that you'd be confident of of having a first-choice midfield in there alongside Jones with Marnie injured long-term. Yeah, I mean, I I think it says a lot when, you know, obviously we've known about Marnie now for a while. Um, Overstad is still, I think, very much an unknown quantity about whether he's he's ready to step up to championship football, even though he's got an international cap to his name. Um, And, you know, we really still haven't strengthened that area. And we're, you know, contorting the midfield, playing people out of position. Um, to try and cover for it. So, yeah, it, it's really concerning. I hope and pray that they have got somebody else lined up because the Lansbury thing, well, frankly, it's getting tedious and slightly embarrassing and, um, you know, really doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, fingers crossed, you know, maybe somebody, I don't know, I was going to say somebody coming in on loan, but again, we end up with another unknown quantity to some extent. And, you know, our our record with Chalabar, for example, probably wouldn't encourage some Premier League clubs to uh, to lend players to us. So who knows? Um, I'm just looking forward to the next names coming out on Twitter as being the next sure thing to sign for us in centre midfield and following the next saga through. We could do a whole five-minute section on the podcast of Henry Lansbury's social media posts and what they could possibly mean, but I think there was one today that suggested he was going to stay at Forest, so I think that was probably dead. I don't think it was ever alive, personally. I think we've, we've gone after him for three transfer windows in a row and it's been a bit of a wild goose chase um, the problem I've got with Arfield in midfield and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before but he's okay as a filling but if you have to play him there I think it weakens two positions because he's better on the wing and he's our best option on the left I think and it also weakens midfield because he's not as good as, as Marnie the player he's deputising for so that's two out of the four midfield positions you're weakening if, uh, if Arfield plays in midfield I think it's Shocking, really, that we haven't signed a midfielder. We've had all summer to do it. Um, Kevin, our midfield situation is becoming a bit of a farce, isn't it? It, it really, really has. Um, I was thinking, I think it's about seven months since uh, since Chalaber left. Um, uh, I, I know we brought all this stat in, but obviously he's he's a very unknown quantity. Um, and and even still, are still only two. If we're counting our fields as a as a as a wide midfield, that's still only only two central midfields we've got in the squad. I think we need to sign at least two more. Um that's certainly not going to happen before before Leeds now I don't think. But we need to get we need to get on with those. Um I mean I, I really don't understand how it's taken so long when when we have known like I said we've known since the start of the year 
the very start of January when Chalaba left, we've known that we needed a centre midfielder. Even before Marnie's injury, we needed a centre midfielder. So it's not like it's um, it's not like it's a, a Charlie Austin situation last season, where the eve of the season um, we, we lose our man or a shackle this season, where halfway halfway through uh, pre-season um, we, we lose a man. We've, this is something we've known about for the whole year, and we should have had plenty of targets lined up. Um, and I know it takes a long time for things to happen. Um, I know we've still got a few weeks left of the transfer window, but I'm, I'm sure Sean Dash will want a key part of his squad um, in place well before now to, to settle in with settle in with the team. Um, I think it's it's a it's a it's a bad mark on what I think has actually been a really good transfer window this this year. I think the way we've uh, done business has been a lot more encouraging um, than it has in the last last uh, couple of years, particularly last summer and and in January. I think. All the, all the players we have signed, I'm actually really excited to see, um, which is in stark contrast to what happened last summer um, and last January when it was nobody. Um, but that's the one that's the one sticking point is that central midfielder, which is arguably one of the, the key positions we needed to strengthen. And it's the one that we have a couple of days until the start of the season hasn't been. Um, I agree about Lansby. I don't think that was ever going to happen. I think I'm, I'm, I'm still convinced we accidentally left um, the wrong piece of paper in the fax machine and sent a fax over to, to Notts Forest to put in a bid in and just we were too embarrassed to admit it was a mistake because it went with it. Yeah, I, th- I think you nailed it. It's just, it's the the difference between how swift we were to, to get players like Lawton in when we knew we needed a right back. We'd obviously targeted him, got it done as soon as Trippier went. Boston was done quite quickly to come in to replace things. Derrick was coming as additional right back cover and, for, and maybe for the wing as well. And he's got pace, which we'll add in the squad. But just their central midfield is just such a key area. And I'm a big fan of David Jones, but there's a lot of fans don't rate him. And he's on, he's our only specialist central midfielder who's available. It just seems incredible to me. Um, you were talking about two central midfielders then, Kevin. If you had a, a transfer wish list, reasonably speaking, um, obviously we're not going to go out and sign Messi and Ronaldo or Bale and Di Maria would that be the extent of the business you'd be looking to do or would there be extra bodies you'd want um, oh, I think I think we still need a centre-back as well um, uh, at least one I mean I think since last season we've lost Shackle Shackle and Long now um, I think Long's still quite a, quite a way off being fit um, so we're two down on what we were so ideally we'd, we'd, we'd bring two in um, but I think we can, we can get by with one if, if we need to we've got um, we've got Duff Keane Duff Keane and me who can play there obviously Ward is very capable on the left if we were to bring one centre back in I'd be happy with that but it'd be nice to have, uh, have a couple uh, but yeah centre midfield is, is definitely the, the priority because I mean you, you could definitely make a, a, a strong combination of two from, from the, the centre back we've got remaining uh, it might not be as strong as if it were if we had Shackle in there but it's still you'd still be, be reasonably happy with that whereas um a centre midfield is, is a different proposition. Um, but yeah, two two centre midfielders and a centre back for me. On on the defence, I think it's it's a tricky one because ideally you'd probably go out and get a direct shackle replacement, possibly even captain material, spend a couple of million quid. We obviously thought about that with Baker. But as you say, we've got three quite capable centre backs. I think the only issue there is is Duff's age. We've got to assume this is going to be his last year. We've said that before, but this year surely it will be his last year. So we've got to be planning ahead for that. And I'd like to see us investing a young defender who we can play maybe in 10 to 15 games this season and develop and they can potentially partner Keane and me in the future. I think that would be what I would be looking for. Um, 
James, same question to you then. What would your transfer wish list look like for the rest of the window? I'd, I'd just like two centre midfielders, I think, right now. That's that's what I'd like. And I'm, I'm not going to sort of pick names out of the air because it's, it's difficult. I think it's, um, you know, there could easily be some diamonds in the rough out there or it could be a case where we pick someone up again like a... Like David Jones was, where he was on a free. Um, don't necessarily have to just spend the money, but I think we need something that can offer what um, Dean Morney normally offers. Um, you know, good box to box, decent pass for the ball, and if he could have a slightly better shot than Dean Morney from distance, that'd be an added bonus. <laughs> it's, I think it's unlikely we sign a midfielder. He's got a worse shot from distance than Dean Morney. To be fair, yeah, I think. Um, if we talk about attributes instead of specific players, I think pace and power is what we still lack a little bit throughout the side. Drake has added a little bit of pace and opportunity wide, so I'm quite happy with that. I'm not really fussed about another winger, but I think another striker with some power, I'd be quite happy with that, and a midfielder that can carry the ball and score goals. Obviously, they don't come cheap. You're talking about someone who can add maybe 10 goals from midfield, dominate games, you're not going to get them cheap, and that's why we struggled to get Landry for about four million so I think that's going to be the key deal if we can get someone in that mould then that would be superb for me Ian what about you yeah I, I obviously that that slot needs filling um, I don't know I saw some debate today and rumours about Britain from Swansea um, maybe being interested in in a move I mean I don't know whether that would come off or not um, or even particularly whether he's the right kind of player for us is a you know is a guy who just plays a short safe ball I think um, and I don't think he's got the kind of power to, to blast on through. So um, I wouldn't really say that he's the guy for us. Um, and the centre-half, I know we kind of debated this a little bit on Twitter, Jeremy, when, um, a, a few weeks ago, but uh, I think we, we desperately do need somebody um, to come in there and, uh, and you know, even to an extent to, to step in for Duff. I, I, in a way, you know, Duff is, Duff is great. Absolutely wonderful, um, but it would seem to me that we need somebody to be first choice centre half in there, uh, and to bring Keane along as well, um, giving us the option to have me, me or Ward back on the on the left hand side. So um, yeah, that that was been my concern for a little while now. Uh, as you say, I think you know Duff at this stage of his career, we've got to be concerned that you know he is more liable to pick up knocks or or just you know lose fitness. So yeah, that's a that's a that would be a huge signing for me to get somebody to come in and, and fill that centre centre back slot as a replacement for Shackle. A couple of times stuff went down um with a little knocks at the weekend and there were a lot of worried faces at Turf Moor. I think it would be a big problem if Duff was to get injured. Um, we are coming towards the end of this week's podcast. A couple of things before we end with predictions, as is tradition. Um, we tried to get a Leeds fan on to talk about the game. We will try again next week. If you know someone who'd be up for coming on, please do get in touch. The email address is podcast at net. As ever, please do get in touch with any feedback. Um, there's a survey as well that will be in the show notes for this week's podcast. We're trying to improve the podcast in any way we can this year. So if you take a couple of minutes to fill that in, that would be greatly appreciated. And as ever, thanks to our sponsor at Neville Dream. We've got forget to mention them as I did last week as well well I'm with predictions and leads away it's on TV as well we will have tweets as well by the way if you can't make it to the game um, follow us on Twitter at known and Evernet. Jordan's going to be live tweeting the game with the hashtag NNN live so you can join in the chat from there we won't have the live blog this season so that's our replacement but yeah predictions um, 
Kevin, we'll start with you. Do you think we're going to get a, a good result to kick off the new season? Uwe Rosler's Leeds team? Well, you, we've got to be positive. I, I'm feeling quite positive. I'm, I'm happy with... Um, although we, we do need a couple of replacements, I'm still rel- relatively happy with the team as we've got it. Um, I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a two, 2 one win. And um, Duke's going to be hypnotised and he's going to get both the goals. <laughs> I think if Duke scores, I will be amazed and delighted <laughs> probably in equal measures I think the, the team I, I suggested I think it looks a bit mid-table at the moment that would be my concern obviously there's two or three players to come in and hopefully new arrivals but I think it does look a bit mid-table at the moment but Leeds are only mid-table side so probably not that much of a problem James I think we're going to thump them 3-0 yeah, yeah, Yelly Voss and Patrick oh, only 3-0 so negative James Ian yeah, I, I, I mean, it may just be pre-season optimism, but I, I'm uh, normally go for uh, go for draws. I think on this uh, on this podcast, but I think we're gonna we're gonna sneak a one 0 win. I want to be cautious and go for a draw. Adam, you get the last word. Then we're gonna get a win at Ellen Road at the weekend. Uh, yeah, we're gonna win two 0 at least two 0 Excellent. Well, thanks for listening. As I said, please do fill in the, the survey if you get a couple of minutes. It's in the show notes. It won't take long. I promise. Follow us on Twitter at Not and Evernet for live tweets from the game on Saturday. If you can't make it. We'll be back next week. All emails, podcast.nonandever.net. Thanks to Adam, James, Ian and Kevin for joining me. I've been Jamie Smith and we will see you next week. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.